From the KLYT Broadcast Studio, this is ABQ Connect. Welcome to another Friday Financial Update on ABQ Connect. Uh, we always welcome uh, Brian from John Moore Associates. And uh, this week, for the full hour, actually, uh, spending time in studio with Brian. And uh, uh, Bethany has joined us as well. Uh, Bethany, thanks for taking the time to, to come in. We've got uh, a great topic in store for our listeners today. Thanks, Absolutely. Thanks for coming. Glad you're here. Uh, hey, quick reminder before we jump into uh, today's content, a uh, uh, concert on the way we've mentioned several times. We want to make sure the listeners know Chris Tomlin's going to be here Friday, December 15th. Uh, that's at 7 p.m. And uh, the information about that, it's a ticketed event. Uh, it's at calvarynm.church. And, uh, of course, many of our uh, listeners may have enjoyed a, a free comedy night with Brad Stein this past Wednesday. Uh, but uh, the, the following Wednesday, next Wednesday, December 13th, another free concert uh, at Calvary Church. Fernando Ortega will be here with Rodrigo Rodriguez and details about that on the website as well at calvarynm.church. Now, uh, let's jump right into our Friday financial update. And, uh, Brian, we, we talk week after week. Uh, about uh, how people can better uh, manage the resources provided to them by God uh, that really are his. Uh, he just uh, gives us opportunity to do the right thing, hopefully. Mm -hmm. uh, but you brought Bethany in uh, today is uh, kind of one of the, the people in your office uh, that uh, uh, works more with, with young people. And would you? It's it's probably a normal thing for a uh, financial advisor uh, after dealing with clients uh, to, you know, have that assistance go out to extended family and uh, young people, of course, being a part of that. I have young people in the workforce. My kids are in their twenties and thirties and uh, as poorly as I've managed my finances, I, uh, I've learned so much from you. Uh, I'm able to, to share that information uh, with them, but you know, how would you say Bethany that um, financial advisors, um, might uh, interact with, with young people uh, when it comes to finances? So I have had the most success in meeting one-on-one -on -one with young people because they're more comfortable sharing their situation versus in a group. Um, I've done some group settings as well, but it's just a different kind of meeting. But a really good flow I've found is to start by just getting to know them, ask them about their financial situation, and then just lay down some basic biblical principles, walk through different, the five uses of money, different ways they can allocate their resources, and then build a basic plan for them and do some investment education. It's kind of interesting that you say, and I could guess uh, that, you know, meeting individually is more productive than meeting in a group. Uh, is there something you've attributed that to? You know, what makes it a, a better situation? Well, for the, uh, for the most part, it's because when you're creating an individualized plan, yeah. you really need that that give and take, that one and one. Right, and it, yeah, everyone's got a different uh, a different story. Exactly, uh, there's a different situation for each person. They're each going to have different questions. So in a group setting, you can answer different people's questions, but you can't really dive into their specific situation. Yeah. Okay, and I, I would add that we've heard from many young people that they feel ashamed about their finances, either because they have a lot of debt or they just feel ignorant 
So in a group setting, they may be hesitant to ask questions about their situation because they don't want to expose their ignorance or their personal situation. So one-on-one, you can get more into that that kind of detail. Mm -hmm. Now, in in your office, you actually call it a a money 101 meeting, which is close to the Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) one-on-one. That's true. But um, is is there anything else that happens uh, in that meeting besides generally um, uh, talking about uh, well, I'll, I'll let you kind of go into more detail uh, if there's any more to share specifically about that one-on-one meeting. Yeah, as I mentioned, just building the basic principles, we walk through six keys to financial success um, yeah. based on biblical principles because it's it's so important to build those timeless principles yeah. and help them understand that they can really start building good financial habits based on something that is um, of worth in the Bible. Right. So. So uh, you've talked to, I'm assuming, a lot of young people. There's probably some common challenges that come up. What, what, what have you seen? Absolutely. So one of the major ones that I'm seeing, especially recently, is difficulties with debt. So this can be credit card debt, auto loans, ju- uh, student loans, just a lot of debt. And um, Now let's define young people then, too. You, you know, when I think of... Uh, you know, teenagers or teen, you know, late teens, and, and I hear debt. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh dear, that's a that's a hard way to start. Yes. So, I have been mainly seeing people in their twenties who are just starting their careers. Okay. Um, but sometimes even up into their thirties, uh, I've met with a few people who are going into college and they have questions about debt. But a lot of the main debt issues are people in their twenties who have maybe started spending more than their income can keep up with. And so, for instance, there's one young person I met with who was looking to buy a car that was worth more than her total annual salary. Um, Another young couple was really buried in credit card debt, student loans, lots of different kinds of debts, but also looking to buy a house and, and start their life. And so I was just trying to help them prioritize their spending yeah. and their cash flow to figure out how do we pay off our debts and start our life together, right? right? Now, did you, okay, uh, I should have been listening closer. Did you say a young person who's in a car loan debt that, or or wants to? No. So I was uh, actually very proud of this person because they came in and were asking for advice before okay. entering uh, okay. this, before okay. tying themselves Because my to, next question yeah. was, how did the lender <laughs> make that happen? <laughs> oh, good question. Uh, okay. Uh, so debt is, uh, uh, you know, a common challenge. Uh, and, uh, well, I, <laughs> I think you guys will probably amen. It's not unique to youth. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, however, uh, a, a young, you know, being a young person, that's the time to address it. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. uh, you know, it, it doesn't get easier. And yeah. I think sometimes when you start earning money, suddenly you feel like you can do anything. Yeah. So you just start spending. And if you haven't learned how to work well with credit cards, there's yeah. an, a, a lot of really good credit card education out there. <clears throat> then you're just going to make yourself. It, you know, you're going to chain yourself to a payment that you can't sustain. Right. Okay, so debt's one of one of the challenges we run into as as we visit with uh, young people mm-hmm. uh, in regards to their finances. Any other common challenges? Yes, absolutely. So I've seen a general lack of financial education, and this isn't because young people aren't smart; like they're excelling in their yeah. schoolwork, they're doing well in their jobs, but they just haven't been adequately trained 
or equipped to really deal with their finances and think well about it. And one of the reasons is because even if they do take a class at some point, maybe they took that class before they're earning. I, I met with one young woman who said, yeah, I took a financial class, but it all went over my head because I hadn't actually started a job. Right. And so now you've put it in a way that I can understand because I'm actually working and I have hands-on experience with that now. Yeah. And I, and I would have to imagine, you know, you said a lack of, of financial education. Mm -hmm. um, it, it may not be that, um, it, it, you know, might, is it sometimes just, uh, no, they've had financial education. It's just really bad education. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, and that's a great point, Steve, because one of the things we see is maybe they don't have formal training from their, you know, they don't have formal classes or yeah. maybe very good training from, from their parents or whatever, but they end up finding their information online and you know, online, you can find whatever you want to find, yeah. whatever you don't want to find. And so there are a lot of fads out there. There are a lot of get rich quick schemes that say, well, you don't have to put in any effort. You can just make a living by saving in this specific way. And so when your main education comes from the internet, there's just too much information and it's hard to figure out what are the sources that I can actually trust. Yes. Yeah, so it's really important to find a financial advisor uh, who can walk you through the realities, uh, you know, uh, not, not the myths that you, you, you're talking about finding mm -hmm. on the web, the get rich quick schemes. And, and uh, you, you know, I mean, I play games on my phone and, and uh, it's not unusual. These, these things pop up that say earn while you play, you know? <laughs> and and, and exactly. I mean, uh, I haven't even, I've not even clicked on those because it's like with gray hair comes, you know, that just sounds too good to be true. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, uh, you know, to really, yeah, get with a financial advisor that can really share the realities based on uh, history of a lot of things, including the market and other 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 things. Exactly. Uh, or even just an individual that you really trust. It's so easy. I, I'm in my 20s and I struggle with this, too. Uh, it seems easier to just look at my phone sometimes than to actually talk to someone. Yeah. But we really need the experience from, you know, wiser generations and financial advisors. Yeah. And, um, okay. So common challenges that we see in, in talking to young people, uh, about their finances, debt, we've mentioned a uh, lack of, uh, financial, uh, education or literacy, uh, and any, any other challenges to address? I would say another challenge that I see a lot is insufficient income um, just to leave home. So I have a lot of young people, probably most of the young people I've met with who are in their 20s come in. They're, they're living with their parents. Uh, some of them even have great saving habits. They're not all like spendthrifts, you know, yeah. but they're just not earning enough income to meet anything above a modest lifestyle. But because they have other goals like, oh, I want to travel and stuff, it, it makes sense for them. Oh, I'm just going to live with my parents so that they can pay more of my basic expenses and then I can do what I really want. So what do you attribute the the lack of um, uh, income to? Is, is it, is it uh, you know, is that put on the landscape of where we are economically as a nation or uh, the uh, work ethic of, of the young people you're talking to, or is it a combination? What are you finding? Um, there are a lot of different factors, obviously, but one thing that I see a lot is that they have really high expectations of jobs. <clears throat> so they expect, for instance, during COVID, you didn't have to work at all to get money, right? So some of them have started their careers in an environment like that. And so now it's like, 
they have too much expectations when they first start out their job. They don't understand that it takes a while to build that stronger income and like, oh, maybe right now I have to dial back my lifestyle and live according to a lower income and then I can work hard and slowly build that income up. Um, okay. Do you have anything to add to that, Brian? Yeah, I, I would kind of spin off of that and say I've, I've seen that my whole career um, doing this for almost 20 years now where young people come out the gate, they want to live the lifestyle that their parents live. Yeah. Well, their parents are in their 50s and 60s. <laughs> it took them 40 years to get where they are. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the kids come out and say, well, I want a house that size. Right. I want a car of that quality. Right. I want the trips. I want. They want to do everything their parents you know, have, have offered to them. So when they can't have that, they they get frustrated. Yes. Yeah. And so um, rather than go out and, and rent a very modest apartment or share a residence with a you know right. roommate or to you know to live modestly, they don't realize that their parents started out. You know, like my house right now is three times the size of my first home. So if my right. kids come out the gate thinking they're going to buy that house, it's like, well, actually, <laughs> where you were born was a was a thousand square right. foot house. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so that's the the struggle I think is. Bethany used the word expectations are too high. Yeah. But you add on top of that the fact that home ownership is very difficult right now. You know, home affordability is very low. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, the prices are very high. Um, cars are expensive. You know, everything's more expensive right now than it was three years ago. So if you're coming out the gate as a young person in their 20s today trying to start out, you have a more expensive lifestyle you're trying to achieve. So it, there is a, a greater barrier to entry on a lot of the basic American purchases that we think of. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Brian, um, and I think I'm almost positive, Brian, we've talked about this on this segment, um, a couple of things in regards to insufficient income. One is to have that candid conversation with your employer. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And, and I'll let you, one of you, uh, go into more detail about that and really – you know, how to approach it. Yeah. So if, yeah, if you're having trouble making ends meet and you feel like you're working hard, you need to have the courage and the confidence to say, maybe I'm worth more. And for some people that means looking for other job opportunities. For some people that means sitting right. down with your employer and saying, Hey, I've been here for two years now, three years now. I, I feel like I'm the adding key value. Is, though, you need to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, here, here's where I'm adding value <laughs> yeah. that you may not see. Yeah. Uh, as an employer myself, I've been caught sometimes where an employee sits down with me during a review and says, you know, I think I, I deserve more. And I said, you know what? I, I miss that. And I do appreciate the contribution you've added. And yes, I'd like to give you a, an increase in compensation. Yeah. And, it, and it happened because they initiated the conversation. Right. Uh, other times it's me initiating the conversation. But um, that's really important. And we're in a tight labor market still where those conversations are reasonable uh, mm -hmm. when it's a very loose job market, yeah. uh, you know, where there's, you know, not as many jobs to be had, then it's hard to have those dialogues. But that's mm -hmm. been a big theme in the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that, that occurred to me too, as you're talking about it was, was talking to parents and I, and you know, I, I get it that talking to a financial advisor, uh, you know, uh, uh, whether it's finances or whatever parents want to talk to their kids about, it just is different coming from peers and coming from uh, professionals uh, than it is coming from a parent. Yeah. Uh, there's there's three P's. There's there's probably a a, a seminar. Well, you know, I, that's true, and that's true both ways, Steve. There's things they will accept from us in terms of advice they wouldn't accept from their parents. There's also things they will tell us yeah. that they wouldn't tell their parents. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and as you were saying that too, one of the things I thought, you know, well, you know, did we communicate? We did communicate to our kids how things were early in our marriage. 
not only verbally, but in not in, not intending to look. You can't just start out with what we have now. Maybe you can, but most of the time you can't. Uh, you know, to drive, we've you know, we still live in the place where the kids were growing up, and and they may have forgotten. And we've driven by the old homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, we used to live there, uh, and you know, I mean, uh, you know, I'll tell you, you know, I mean, we we have our own home now, uh, and and our own mortgage, <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, it started in a fourplex, you know, in in, in a yeah. eight hundred square foot apartment, um, and they've seen it, yeah. you know, uh, and and yeah, I love that you 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 talk about, you know, you you just mentioned that as far as making sure the kids understand the kid the young people. Because uh, they're, they're uh, yeah. These are adults. We always have to be yeah. careful about that. Yeah. You know, as as we get older, you know, yeah. I Steve can say this. Yeah, you start talking about kids, but these are young adults who are making thirty, who are yeah. making adult decisions. Yeah, you know? and a lot of these people are starting out the gate in their late twenties and thirties. Yeah. Really, yes. that's the first time they're stepping into their own financial decisions and accountability. So, so, and and you know, uh, this goes back to biblical principles of parents raising children and having a relationship uh, that uh, facilitates conversations about, about topics. Yeah, a lot of financial expertise and skills, a lot of that is caught, not taught. Yeah. So we do see that a lot. I've seen that a lot with, with clients um, that come in and they deal really well with their finances and then I'll meet with some of their kids for Money 101 and they've already picked up a lot of those principles even though they haven't necessarily articulated them. Yeah. However, it's true that it, just because you have a parent who's good with finances, it doesn't mean that you're going to be good. So like there's this one client who's an excellent saver and I've met with several of their children and the children struggle with, with spending too much. And it's just, it's interesting to me how that, how that works. And it's because it's also important for the young people to take ownership of their own financial situation. Right. Right. Okay. Well, a great conversation underway. We're spending the full hour today on our Friday financial update uh, with Bethany and Brian from, uh, John Moore Associates, uh, johnmoore.com, by the way. And uh, often the topics we cover, uh, you'll find listed on the Insights tab at johnmoore.com. Uh, no cost resource available to you anytime, uh, including videos and blogs and, and what have you. But uh, we're going to continue our conversation on uh, young people and how to responsibly manage your finances when we continue after the break on ABQ Connect. Always happy to have you along with us on ABQ Connect Daily in the one o'clock hour. Uh, Jim Williams uh, able to uh, walk you through Monday broadcasts and then uh, I'm happy to be here uh, most other days. Uh, And uh, we also want to make sure uh, on this show, we typically uh, connect in the community, typically in the New Mexico and the Albuquerque Bernalillo County community. Uh, And one of the things we'd love to do is make sure you're aware of family-friendly activities that are available to you at no cost. Uh, One of those coming up during the Christmas season is Journey to Jesus. Uh, This is a great evening out. You'll want to bundle up. It's probably, you know, by December 16th, it's going to be nice and cool. But that evening at 6 p.m. is Journey to Jesus, and it's happening at the Secret Sanctuary in Albuquerque. Uh, Real easy to get to if you're headed south on uh, uh, 2nd Street. 
Uh, you just continue five miles past Rio Bravo. So southbound on 2nd Street, once you get to Rio Bravo, five more miles, and you'll be at the Secret Sanctuary. It's a beautiful uh, out-in-the-country type setting. Uh, and uh, uh, just to kind of give you the geography, it's in that, uh, that space of land in the South Valley that's just north of I-25, where I-25 turns east-west to go over the river. So uh, you'll find details at underhisconstruction.org, and I'll give that site again here in a minute. Uh, but it's a free event coming up Saturday night, December 16th, family-friendly, a live nativity. They'll have hot chocolate and pozole, and it is sponsored uh, by New Beginnings Church and under his construction. And uh, it's their website that you'll find the details about Journey to Jesus for December 16th, underhisconstruction.org. If you have a free event you'd like the community to know about, uh, make sure to email the details, the who, the what, the when, the where. Usually a, a website is uh, that has the information is a great way to connect people with your uh, event. Send all the details to studio at klyt.fm. We're in the midst of a conversation with Bethany and Brian from John Moore Associates, johnmoore.com. And we started our conversation today. The whole conversation will be talking about uh, young people and uh, responsibly uh, handling resources provided to us uh, to these young people and to really to all this is uh, information all of us can can gain from uh, but to handle those resources responsibly and we started with you know how to how to interact with uh, young people and and introduce them to the concept of uh, uh, biblical finances you know or hand, handling your finances and through a biblical worldview lens uh, and some of the challenges, uh, debt and lack of uh, really education on finances and not really having the funds uh, that are needed to leave home and, and meet goals. Uh, in this segment, we're going to talk about some trends. Um, and Bethany, what, what kind of trends? Uh, let's start with, with um, uh, maybe trends that um, we don't really want to see happening but are happening. Uh, what, what kind of trends are you seeing with young people in regards to finances? So I know we already talked a little bit about difficulty with debt and financial literacy. Um, another trend that I see is trouble goal setting. And um, I think there are several reasons for this. Goal setting takes time. <laughs> and that seems to be something that none of us have, but especially a lot of young people seem to be just very busy all the time and don't have time to sit down and actually set goals. Yeah. Um, another reason for that is I see a lot of goals set because of comparison. <clears throat> for instance, you know, there's a lot of social media, a lot of young people are on the social media all the time. So we'll see, oh, this person is trying to do this. So maybe that should be my goal. And so, you know, you end up setting someone else's goals instead of your own goals. Um, another reason I see is young people really seeking fulfillment in their career, which that's good. Like we should be fulfilled in, right. in the work that we're doing for the Lord. Right. But because of that, sometimes they'll end up looking around and changing their minds a lot and, and changing careers. And that can make it really difficult to set goals. Yeah. Yeah. And as you started saying that, you know, now are most of these young people, uh, are we talking about married, unmarried young people? Both okay. for sure. I do find that when people start getting married, they tend to start setting more concrete goals. Okay. So, <laughs> and see, I was thinking, uh, if, you know, if, if you're single, you know, you may have your goals, 
Uh, and then, you know, if you're, if uh, the difficulty in finding someone that's going to line up with, you know, with your goal, cause that can be a real issue, uh, financially pre-marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how many people really spend time talking about that together. Um, um, you know, and I'm, and, and I'm not even trying to say that, you know, they, they've got to be lined up if you're going to be married because mm-hmm. yeah. people are different to well, what I would note is there's a lot of goals that happen naturally after marriage, such as starting a family, yeah. buying a house, you know, things like that. Whereas when you're young, you have a lot more opportunities to kind of do whatever you want. Yeah. So the goals might be more about travel or buying a, a fun car or things like that. But when you get married, you start to get a little more into quote unquote real life and yeah. you start looking at those goals that we think of for a traditional family. Exactly. Uh, so I think so they, they get a little more narrow path. Now, uh, and let me address, I'd be interested to hear, because uh, I'm, I'm sure it's not the first time since, uh, you know, you are uh, a financial advisor, Brian, that... Um, you, when, when people are, young people are talking about having kids, uh, and the, you know, I, I see kind of really, I don't know if it's as polar as this, but you see the, the one side that's like, well, we're not going to have any kids until, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of financial. Absolutely. And then you, on the other side, you have people that are, you know, God weaves life into the womb and where God guides, God provides, um, how do you how do you meet somewhere? You know, what's the balance there? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the values of each couple. You know, we've met with one young man recently who's recently married, and his wife's going through medical school, and her career is a big part of their identity, their goals, their values. You know, she's a physician, so she's going through residency, so that dictates what they think about. You know, starting a family and buying yeah. a house, all those other things mm-hmm. come from that identity that she's going to be a physician and that's all encompassing right now. Right. So, for a believer, though, I think this is, we, Bethany, I talked about this a lot is goals should come from a time of prayer, right? You should lift up to God. What do you want for our lives together as a couple or my life as an individual? And then let that guide, you know, is it time to start a family? You know, looking for inspiration and guidance there mm-hmm. as opposed to just, looking at Instagram and see whatever else is right. up to or doing what your parents did or doing what your siblings doing or doing what your college roommates doing. You know, it's God has a specific plan for you. And only if you ask, will you get that direction? Now, is that something as a, as a financial advisor uh, that a financial advisor can assist with as people are setting go? I want to stick on this family pl- planning, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where, um, you know, well, we're, you know, our hope is to start having kids at this point. Uh, but can a financial advisor, because um, kids happen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. can can they in the process at the very beginning say, well, this is the goal. Um, and if we go this route, uh, we're, we're, we've kind of set up uh, plan B in the event. Uh, yeah you know, the kids start coming. Well, Absolutely. And one thing that you can do is just build a larger emergency <laughs> fund, right? And a, an emergency fund is one way of acknowledging, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm not God. Yeah. <laughs> Anything could happen. So so making sure that young people have a lot of liquid reserves available is a priority. Right. Yeah, I, I think that scripture from James would, would somewhat apply uh, you know, you're not to say you're going to be doing business in this town or that. Instead, you should say, Lord willing, uh, and and really be prepared as best you can to fall into uh, his will. Yeah. And, and I 
I can speak to my own personal situation. My wife and I both started out. We had our careers going, and we weren't planning to have a family yet, and it happened. I remember coming home from lunch one day because my wife said she wanted to have lunch together, and she pulls out a, a positive pregnancy test. I'm like, well, this that's not what I was expecting you know, today. So, uh, But that changed. We went from a two-income ho- household to one a year, you know, less than a year later, uh, which was not our plan. So I think what this speaks to partly is having good financial basics yes. so that your plan is flexible. If you're buried in debt, anything that could happen financially is extra stressful. Yeah. But if you're following good biblical principles of finance that we'll close with today, that will put you in a position where whatever happens, a career change, a ministry opportunity, uh, starting a family, a health crisis for your parents where you have to go be a caregiver, all the things that we see happen to people that are outside of their life plan, those things are easier to manage if you are following a good set of biblical principles and creating margin in your personal mm-hmm. finances. Okay. I would say one of the one of the most amazing goals that I had a young person tell me about was flexibility. I asked her, "What are your goals?" and she said, "I want to be flexible." And I thought, that's something that we can do. Like just build your financial hygiene. Yeah. And then as Brian said, you're going to be able to to be flexible in a lot mm-hmm. of different ways. Yeah, and uh uh I think the the more gray hair that shows up, the more you realize you kind of have to be flexible um because, you know, God like you said, Brian, God knows the future. Uh, uh, or maybe Bethany, you were, yeah, but regardless, God knows the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, we need to dodge Perry and weave, uh, <laughs> and figure out how we're going to fit into his plan at the time. Um, but, uh, uh, of course, separating those, those, the minutia of, uh, daily life with, with, uh, eternity, we know, we know what our eventual goal is, uh, and that is to be with him uh, for eternity, um, but now we talked about uh, putting out fires and some of the difficulties in setting goals. Uh, but uh, along with uh, with the trends, there's there's certainly some positive trends you're seeing. Oh, absolutely! And a lot of these positive trends actually could be very beneficial in goal setting specifically. So we tend to find that our greatest strength is also our greatest weakness, right? So. Earlier, we were talking about how, you know, young people are seeking a lot of fulfillment in career, fulfillment in life, kind of wanting everything. And that can be a weakness. But I think it also comes out of a strength because a lot of these young people have really strong values and they want their lives to be according to those values and their careers to actually be meaningful. So I think that's an that's an excellent strength when it comes to goal setting because you can set goals in a, in accordance with your values. Now, I, I want to touch on that a, a little bit because... Um, okay, so uh, Brian and Bethany, both with John Morris Associates, and and Brian, you're a, in addition to being a, a certified uh, financial advisor, you're a certified Kingdom advisor. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you is is the trend in your office to see uh, families that line up with biblical values, or are you you know? Uh, and, and the reason I'm asking is you know they have strong values. Uh, in general, when they're not, not walking into necessarily John Moore Associates, um, you know, strong values, good or bad. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and our firm naturally attracts people with biblical values. Yeah. So they see the way that we talk about money and our values come through and they see that alignment. So we end up working with people of all ages, including some of these young families who who want to make sure that generosity is always part of their goals and they want to balance their generosity with other things. We have some that are positioning themselves in their careers to have a sabbatical so they can go on ministry. We see those types of more faith related goals, probably more often than the average financial Mm -hmm. advisor. 
Um, but you know, we see other things like I'm not willing to work so much that I can't spend time with my young right. children, or uh, I don't want to compromise my physical health by being stressed at work. You know, exactly. we see those right. things like the value is their personal health and longevity. I know there was a, a time in another career that I that I had a career. I was there for three or four years, um, but. I was an outside salesperson and like you're saying, Brian, you know, I uh, realized that I wasn't seeing my kids and I actually went in to quit. Uh, and it was a good company. And, and they said, you know, well, you could move into this arena, uh, take a, a five figure pay cut. <laughs> uh, but within a year you'll be managing and, and, you know, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, our, you could see where our values, uh, you know, intersect with our goals, uh, easily. And that's one of those flexible situations that we're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, that sometimes, you know, well, we may have goals set, but, uh, you know, and, and then talk, talk a little bit there then since we're on the topic about a setback like that, um, how do you, how do you encourage someone who's set goals and they're on, they're on track, but then they have that pretty, and you mentioned emergency funds, uh, but those large, uh, setbacks, you know, how, how do you encourage someone to continue down the path of, uh, um, you know, sticking to the plan, uh, but the plan's changed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think building margin in your plan is part of it. To, you know, the things you do ahead of time, and we talked about this, I think it was Jim and I were talking about this a lot early in COVID. We were talking a lot about, you know, those tough times of joblessness or financial stress, they expose your weaknesses. You know, the good times when economics yeah. are good and everyone's running along, you can kind of have some some weaknesses that don't get exposed. Um, I think it's the Warren Buffett quote, when the tide goes out, that's when you find out who was swimming naked. <laughs> you know, so I think the key there is to prepare ahead of time. And then if there is a crisis, the key is not to kind of put the blinders on. There's a young family we're talking about right now doing playing with through a terrible debt situation. And you can kind of see them almost like not wanting to look at it. Yeah. You know, they've put themselves in a tough spot and they're trying to ignore it. You have to be honest with yourself and say, hey, this is a tough time. I need to make some changes mm -hmm. and be willing to say, well, I was going to buy a $40,000 car. Now I need to buy a $15,000 car. Or I was saving that money for a trip. Now I need to probably spend that money on some debt reduction to free up some cash flow. Absolutely. Like those types of pivots need to be made. And understanding the trade-offs that come with every financial decision, that every financial decision comes with some form of trade-off. And so it, all financial planning is is constantly reevaluating those trade-offs and figuring out what's in your best interest based on your current circumstances. And also making small, manageable steps is really important in a situation like that where it can just get really overwhelming. So you right. need to be able to see the progress that you're making. Right. Okay. Uh, so as far as uh, trends, you know, positive trends, uh, strong values. And we, we've talked a little bit about, you know, uh, work-life balance. Mm -hmm. um, where does education uh, fall into this? So a lot of the young people that I've been working with have just really brilliant minds and great education and actually really high earning potential. So that's one reason that earlier we talked about how it's important for, for young people to be willing to talk with employers about potentially getting raises. Um, but even so, even if you have a great degree, when you first start, you're not going to be making yeah. a ton of income. So you just have to be patient with that. Do you need a degree to, to have a great income? No. No, for sure not. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's this this one young couple um, where the, the husband 
didn't get a college degree, but is very entrepreneurial and just making a killing doing that. Yeah. So. All right. And, uh, and listen, I just stories that come to mind in my head, I won't go into detail. Uh, qu the quality education can be, uh, the edu you know, whether parents are homeschooling or have kids in private school or, or, uh, public school, um, you know, when it comes to education and preparing kids for the workforce, um, parents should, you know, we, and we've had other shows about education where parents, you should be part of your kid's education. You know, even if you're sending them off to a teacher, uh, that investment, uh, is, is something that, that does pay off and, and does help kids get into an earning situation. I'm, I'm aware of, you know, several, uh, that, uh, opted not to go to, uh, continuing education and because they were prepared to work hard, uh, showed themselves, uh, and have advanced, uh, you know, where they have people with masters working for them, uh, you yep. know, mm -hmm. uh, no, now that's I, not to, to, you know, shun <laughs> oh, continuing no, education. No. We need educated people, engineers and physicists yeah. and all that. What I always like to think of is I'd rather have my children be in the top 10th percentile in work ethic yeah. and education. Yes. Yeah. That's what, you know, when I look at the way I'm raising my kids and what I want for them, that will open more doors than, than anything. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, now we've talked about, uh, some of the, the trends, uh, and, uh, how do we take the, the, the things that are broken and fix them? And how do we apply those positives, uh, to get a solution, uh, that is, uh, biblically, uh, sound uh, when, when it comes to our finances? Great question, Steve. So first off, a financial plan hinges on goals. So we talked about how young people have difficulty goal setting. <laughs> a smart goal setting is actually very simple. Uh, a smart goal starts with prayer, right? <laughs> it's not just a, a nice little thing that we say like, oh, I'm going to pray about it. It's going to be better. Like this is actually the smartest way to go about setting a goal. So praying and waiting on the Lord. And then after that, being very specific with your goals. So you're going to need a time frame, um, a purpose, and a dollar amount for that goal. And that's where we sometimes see issues with young people. Like once they have a goal, they just need to make it more specific. So it's also really essential that they have a really compelling why yeah. behind their goal. Right. Because if if you don't have a good why, then you're not going to have any motivation to actually achieve it. Yeah, right? that's 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 just a great life application, the why. I mean, I, I, in, in my office, you know, where we work, uh, there'll be an idea, Hey, let's do this, you know, as far as how to promote something or, or, or some, something to do, um, uh, a campaign or what. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, you have to, if does, does it fit our why? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there has to be the why I, I greatly appreciate that. Okay. And then other solutions. So as Brian mentioned earlier, just developing really good financial habits. And even if you don't have a clear idea of your goals right now, you can say, I want to be the kind of person who deals well with finances and who can be flexible to do whatever God calls me to do. So therefore I'm going to build these habits. Um, building good financial habits takes time and patience. It's easy to get discouraged in that process uh, because, you know, it's not going to be perfect in the beginning, Yeah, but it's definitely worthwhile. And then uh, um, what about distraction? How do you deal with it? <laughs> From all the, the internet fads yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. So, it's really important to be able to center in on what really matters. And so for us as believers, it's really nice because we have the Bible 
And the Bible actually has a great deal to say about money. It's yeah. incredible. When you read through the Gospels, Jesus is always talking about money. So if you can condense some of those uh, biblical principles down into practical, practicable steps, yeah. then you can really start living out um, God's word in your life, specifically in your finances. And then um, that's where the whole plan is built from. Okay. Uh, and, and on that, I would say whether it's your finances or your, your walk with Christ, mm -hmm. practice makes permanent. Uh, so <laughs> if you practice poorly, you're going to perform poorly. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the importance is to practice uh, in a way that's beneficial and God honoring. All right. Uh, if you just tuned in, we're in the midst of a full hour for our Friday financial update uh, with Brian Cochran and uh, Bethany from uh, John Moore Associates. We're going to come back and talk about characteristics and practices of a financially healthy young person right after the break on ABQ Connect. All right, welcome back into our final segment of today's Friday Financial Update with John Moore Associates. Brian's in studio with us along with Bethany. And uh, uh, we're going to, as I mentioned, going into the break, talk in this segment about characteristics and practices of a financially healthy young person. And, you know, we have also... Uh, hinted at, you know, biblical principles. Uh, we've talked about specific, you know, a couple of them specifically mm -hmm. uh, so far, uh, but I I have to imagine, yeah, there's going to be um, more specific biblical principles uh, that would uh, be addressed as we look at these characteristics and practices, Bethany. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So there are definite actionable steps that you can take based on biblical principles. So I'm just going to walk through six main biblical principles and um, just some steps that healthy young adults can take. Very good. Oh, and let me let me say this to the because a lot of our listeners are driving around on their late lunch or doing appointments and they're listening in their car. Uh, we're going to we're going to kind of uh, shotgun through these uh, principles. Uh, but do remember the the show is archived at abqconnect.online in the next couple of days you'll be able to find uh, the information there and of, of course also find those uh, insights at no cost on the johnmore.com website uh, just go to insights tab uh, to find out more okay bethany absolutely so the first one is spend less than you make <laughs> easier said than done, right? Yeah, that, that almost feels like it has to be followed by a duh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but, exactly. But it's, it's but, simple, but it's not yeah, easy. Yeah. So um, under this category, are you tracking your expenses? Do you even know what you're spending? Like start by tracking your expenses. And then once you understand that situation, then you can create an appropriate spending you plan. You mean young people aren't walking around with a checkbook? That <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what what, what we love is uh, the FaithFi app is our favorite tool for yes. tracking expenses. Yeah. So to make our, our a plug for our favorite yeah. um, financial literacy group there. Um, so FaithFi has a wonderful app that helps you aggregate all of your banks and credit cards and then track where your money's going. Exactly. Because if you're not spending less than you make, nothing else works. So that's super important. Uh, the next one is be prudent about debt. So I'm not saying like all debt is evil, avoid debt at all costs, but just understand that you're guaranteeing repayment when you take on a debt. So some things that you can do to be prudent in this area are get a credit card so you can build your credit score, but pay off the full balance every month mm -hmm. and make sure you're not utilizing a really high percentage. Just living to, within yeah. your means, really. Exactly. It's, yes. a, it's a matter more a matter of convenience uh, and, uh, um, and creating more discipline. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm sure some people getting credit cards that, uh, because they're financially responsible with them and paying their bills every month, 
they're earning points towards yeah. something. You're, you're playing the financial game with the credit card. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and then if you're looking at a bigger purchase, like a car, once again, live within your means. Try to make sure that your car, you're not spending more than three months worth of, of income on a car or more than three years worth of income on a house. Those are just some general rules of thumb to keep in mind. Um, if you're thinking of taking on a debt, wait 24 hours. Just sleep on it. Uh, call your spouse or, or a trusted friend if you're going to make a purchase over a certain dollar amount just to keep yourself accountable. And then if you are already in a really tough debt situation, you can utilize the debt snowball strategy. So pay off the smallest debt first, that frees up more cash flow, then pay off the next smallest debt and on and on and on until you're you're all clear. Okay. So as far as that, that strategy, you know, you hear some people talk about, well, I'm, I'm going after this one with the highest uh, interest rate. Um, you know, what, what is the, the, uh, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just, because people are listening that are saying, no, I'm going to get that one with the, the high interest rate first. What's the logic in the, in the, uh, the smallest first? So part of it's emotional. It's to have a little victory of paying off one debt and killing that debt and wiping yeah. it out. But a lot of it's about what Bethany talked about, kind of compounding in the sense that if I can pay off something that has a minimum payment, you know, of a hundred dollars a month, I pay that off. Now I've got an extra hundred dollars a month I can put towards the next. So you're actually knocking out debts completely rather mm -hmm. than just chipping away at my, 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 what might be a larger debt that has higher interest. Exactly. Yep. So, so that's a really important one. Uh, the third one is build liquidity. This is the idea of an emergency sir, of an emergency reserve. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we often recommend starting with a thousand dollars. And then three thousand, and then eventually you want to aim for three to six months of expenses. Uh, and also, just make sure that you're getting a decent yield on that. Right now, there are some really great online savings accounts uh, that are getting a, a pretty good yield. But no risk. Emergency no reserves risk, exactly. need to be safe and liquid. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, so that shouldn't be in the stock market or in cryptocurrency. That should be somewhere mm -hmm. where it's safe and liquid, like an online bank or a savings account of some sorts. Exactly. So, and then the fourth one is set long-term goals. I know we spent some time talking about goal setting already, uh, but we find that the further out you set your goals, the clearer and better your decisions are going to be today. Would you say in goals in goal setting that in the same way, a mountain of debt, um, you know, you start with the smallest and get the victories in goal setting. Is there a, a, a goal in that uh, or a strategy in that, that maybe, Okay, you're having a hard time setting it. Let's set a short-term goal. Let's, let's you know. For sure. Yes. Yeah, we want to see short-term goals like one to two years. And depending on the goal, on the time frame of the goal, you're going to save the money differently. So mm -hmm. if you have a short-term goal, put it in a savings account, one to two years. If it's a three to 10-year goal, like put it in an account that's maybe in the market, but not in a retirement account because there are restrictions on those. If it's 10 to 40 years out, put it in a retirement account because you get tax benefits on that. So yeah, just be very aware of your time frame. But that's a really good point, Steve. Set some short-term goals so that you can see yourself being successful with those. So, and then um, the next one is act like a manager, not an owner. This is just the idea of stewardship. Like mm -hmm. you were mentioning, Steve, it's God's resources. So the first action in this, and this is a very practical step, is praying over financial decisions and just bringing God into that or just actually acknowledging that God is already a part of that, right? <laughs> and that's such an important one. Like, don't don't skip over that one. Um, another 
another thing that's really important for us to do uh, and that young people often don't think of is building a basic estate plan because we're acknowledging, once again, we don't know the future. We don't know what's going to happen. So a will, um, a medical and financial power of attorney, those are all really important to get done even when you're in your 20s. All right. Well, if you if you just tuned in, uh, we've spent uh, the full hour on our Friday financial update uh, with Brian Cochran, as we typically do. He's welcome Bethany uh, from the office in uh, Bethany interacts often with young people uh, and assisting them with their uh, finances. Uh, and uh, Brian, any any we got about a minute. Anything else you want to uh, put a bow on the, the conversation with? Well, uh, I want to hit one last key to financial success, Bethany hit the first five. The sixth one is actually the topic of our December blog post, and that's mm-hmm. generosity. The, the last principle is give generously, which is the area where we see people experience the most joy. And it's our acknowledgement that we're made in the image of a generous God and that there's others who can benefit from his resources. So if we put all that together, those six keys, if you're getting four, five, or six of those right, you're probably feeling pretty good financially. <laughs> yeah. And if you're feeling some economic pain, I suggest going back through those and seeing where you're falling short. Okay. And if again, if you're traveling and we're, we're unable to write those down, uh, they'll be available at uh, abqconnect.online. And uh, Brian mentioned the, the insights tab at johnmoore.com, uh, that, uh, I- that insight on generosity as we approach year-end giving. Uh, Bethany and and Brian, thank you so much for uh, what you do uh, uh, to assist people in this community. Uh, and uh, thank you for the time you take uh, to come on the show and share some of that uh, the knowledge that, that you've uh, gained and, and the time you've been doing what you've been doing. We look forward to our next Friday. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Merry Christmas. And thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. And we'll catch you Monday on ABQ Connect. ABQ Connect is a production of KLYT. The views expressed on ABQ Connect do not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of KLYT. 